Hello everybody and welcome to the first pole position podcast of the season. Yes, the season has finally come. I'm super excited to be doing the first podcast of the year. Uh, Now, we're only a few days away from the first race of the season in Bahrain. Of course, we've seen pre-season testing at the circuit already. Uh, In this um, audio version of the podcast, we will be looking at the the teams ahead of the new season, obviously taking pre-season testing into account as well. But obviously, we know we can't expect all the data to be correct going into the first qualifying session of the season we will be delving into that and we will be looking at the predictions that we've placed for the first race of the season and of course for the actual season as a whole i'm super excited for the new f1 season but i'm more excited to be bringing back the pole position podcast enjoy Hello everybody and welcome to the first episode of the Pole Position Podcast for 2021. We've had three days of winter testing in Bahrain uh, and we have some idea and thoughts of what the new season could be for 2021. Joining me in the first episode of the podcast for 2021 is Jamie Davis. Welcome Jamie. Hello, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I'm excited. Um... A week to go makes you think of so many scenarios of that of what could happen this year. So uh, yeah, I'm ready for this. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I'm I'm excited after the first three days of testing. I think we've seen some good things and some bad, and and that's what we're obviously going to look into um, in this this episode of the podcast. Ultimately, we're going to start with with testing. Now, I wanted to get your thoughts on the actual number of days that we had because normally when we go to Barcelona or we go to Spain for the main winter testing it is six to eight days um, and it's a lot of time and most of the time when you're watching it it's a bit boring whereas three days is a short space for the teams and the cars to be out on track do you think that's a better setup going forward that because the more we see more track action with the three days than we would in six to six to eight I like just the weekend um, because all the teams are having the same amount of time to test their new cars out and I just think the more time you have on it obviously all the teams would probably prefer that because they they learn more from from their new car and so do the drivers and getting used to behind the the surroundings again for for the drivers even for the new ones that are getting into F1 for the first time like Mick Schumacher for example but I I quite like it, just the one-off event, you know, three days or even two days if they wanted to, you know, in Bahrain or wherever it is they do it in. Um, I, I think it makes sense as well to to actually do it ahead of the first race of where it's going to be at as well. You know, I'm sure for logistics and all that, it saves the money because mm. you may as well just keep it all at the circuit for the next two weeks and then just come back with the staff and then, of course, crack on for the first race. So isn't it funny? I've said this before and I'll say it again. Uh, COVID-19 has definitely brought in a few kind of wake-me-up moments where it's kind of gone, why do we need to do this when we can do this instead? Um, And, and, you know, like the stuff like working from home and all that, that's becoming a thing. A four-day week and all that's becoming a thing. And we've seen in sporting events that certain things can be done uh, in such a short notice without having to actually worry so much about it. So uh, I'm for it. I, I think when they had like two or three tests or whatever, uh, for the last few years in Spain and all that, I, I mean, I don't follow testing that much anyway, 
but the fact that they just did it in one weekend made me think I quite like that you know you've got to make the most out of this before the new season because there isn't a second opportunity yeah and I think what was what was interesting it's the first testing really that I've watched more in depth uh, like you said you know testing is not really a huge thing you wait till the first race of the season but this year I was quite invested so I thought I'd give it a watch and what was interesting is that usually in six to eight day tests you can wait an hour before the first car comes out on day one whereas in this free <laughs> short three day test there was like four cars out already because their teams know how much that they needed to get data in the short space of time so I think the three day test actually is is better than what we would get if we were on six to eight days I agree uh, I just wanted to get your thoughts on, on Bahrain as the actual test location as well because you've mentioned in that that you think it may be a better thing to have the test in the first where the first race would be and that's usually Australia isn't it if we look at what the calendar Which would is- be difficult for them to do because it's a street circuit yeah but i just want to sort of get your thoughts on actually bahrain because for the teams warm weather it's not going to snow or it's going to rain like <laughs> like um barcelona usually has they did have a sandstorm on the first day in the afternoon which was quite interesting um to, to see all the cars with the sand blasting out behind them but i just wanted to get your um, sort of thoughts on do you think bahrain would become the main testing location going forward well, I remember they, they used to do... It was Abu Dhabi, and it still is the final race, where they used to do, uh, like, testing a few days after the final race of the season. Yeah. I can't remember what that was for. I think that was more... Young driver testing, is it, or something? That was it. Yeah, that was it. And I think their reserve drivers would normally mm. be part of that. And isn't, that when, home. isn't that when Fernando did it last year as a young driver? Yeah. <laughs> and Kubica as well did it. Um, <laughs> the year before, I think it was when it was between him and... Um, Duresta for the seat for Williams and they did that, they stayed behind in Abu Dhabi <laughs> so I, I, I understand again it's another event where you know it's kind of like well let's just do it in Abu Dhabi because we're going to be there f- at the end of the season and as I said it's a money saver and I think Bahrain should be the first race of the season because I think Australia's been moved to later this year so Australia's had its fair share of being the first race and let's not forget in 2006 Bahrain took over mm. um Oh, it might have been earlier than that, but from my memory, it was Bahrain that would at some point become the first race of the season. And I remember it was Schumacher and Alonso up against each other in that race. Alonso overtook him with a few laps to go. It was a great race. Um, So I prefer that than Australia because I don't like the idea of getting up at 6am for the first race. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) How dare they? (laughs) Yes. Um, Yeah, no, I think you're absolutely right. I think it would be a logistical best in in that way to have them... You know, like I said, it's got a couple of weeks now until the first race, but most of the stuff's already there. I don't know if most of the drivers are staying there because you know it's it's easier to just stay in the hotels, as it were, and sort of chill out from there if they've got their friends and family there. So I think I think they have all moved back to their place. I've noticed Perez is back home at the moment. Has he gone back to Mexico? Yeah, I think he has. Yeah. Hmm. I think uh, I think Bottas I saw flew back to Monaco, so I suppose it's it's not that far of a distance. But yeah, no. like you said, for for most of the teams, all the stuff's already there. The cars have probably been left there, so I think it, like you said, it, I think it saves to to maybe have the test where the first race would be, and I think it'd be good to see when Australia comes round at the end of the year if that sort of changes if the weather's a bit different to what it would be in March time to to where it is in October November whether that's a different factor for that race because it's not always the most exciting first race of the season is it Australia no, so no um, I, it's a it's a, I, I like Australia being on the calendar because it kind of covers the you know the four corners of the globe kind of calendar but 
Yeah, yeah. I've I haven't been fussed about Australia for a good few years. <laughs> I can't remember a good race apart from when Haas had the wah, wah, wah <laughs> kind of start of a season. Absolute <laughs> stinker that was, wasn't it? Um, but but uh, let's go back to sort of testing then. Who sort of impressed you in them three days? I know you said you didn't watch it in depthly, or but what did you sort of take out of getting the maybe the highlights of testing? Who who sort of impressed you in in the three day test? I actually thought. Even though they're teams together, they're partnered together. Red Bull impressed me, mm-hmm. and AlphaTauri impressed me. Um, and what 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 does this say about about both the teams? Now, if I'm correct, both of them have the same engine, mm-hmm. uh, or at least engine manufacturer. So they might yep. not have the exact engine, but that 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 says something to me. Um, I, Red Bull are slowly creeping up I feel um, Mercedes were no doubt the most disappointing of the weekend uh, from what I've seen in terms of the timings but yeah Red Bull for me and, and AlphaTauri I mean I think with with Verstappen he, he's he's got to look at this as his final year for Red Bull which can I just say I'm taking this from you my friend because you've said it nobody else has been saying it so um, I, I'm not going to take any credit for this but I remember you said on the pot on, on your channel that you know why can't Verstappen be the next Mercedes driver um, and I do look at this and think maybe this is a, the, the last chance Verstappen can pay back to, to Red Bull and I think with Christian Horner it's like in football you've got a Messi in your team make the most out of him before he goes off onto new ventures so for me, uh, Red Bull and AlphaTauri have impressed me the most. And Gasly did great on the weekend, from what I saw. Yeah, in terms of Verstappen, he's got um, a performance clause in his contract that Christian Horner talked about a couple of weeks ago. And he said that um, he's hoping it wouldn't be used, but I think it was performance-related in regards to Honda. Uh, but but we know that Verstappen signed his contract wanting to win the World Championship with, with Honda. But obviously that's not going to be happening unless it's this year, because they're pulling out at the end of... Uh, of, of this season so it would be like the Red Bull powertrains going forward so maybe if he doesn't win with his sort of wanting to win for Honda it might be that you know he, he goes to pastures new but, but but I absolutely agree with you in the sense that Red Bull and for me most importantly Alpha Tauri did look strong in, in, in that test and, and we know we all just we take testing with a pinch of salt you know it's it's not the be all of end all Mercedes could come in and win get, you know get pole and win the first race and, and look absolutely dominant as they used do each year um, so it's, it's not the be all and end all but they, they did look strong and, and the car looked more stable in terms of if Red Bull the back end wasn't flinging about like Albon and Verstappen had last year um, Albon looked like he'd struggles in the first um, like testing in the first couple of races to get a hold of the car so I think they have impressed over the winter and, and Sergio Perez was looking good as well both him and Verstappen topped the timesheets um, Perez in the morning and Verstappen in the afternoon on day three what do you make of because people can't see this because it's audio but you're wearing a Mexico uh, football shirt <laughs> so in, in regards to Sergio Perez you know obviously it's great that he's in a top team could get race wins could win the championship this season you know he's a f- oh, first, don't, first don't, season don't, don't, don't know, mislead me <laughs> first, first season with Red Bull it is a possibility what do you make of his integration into the team already I'd love to see that happen, but I, I, I just can't see him getting looked beyond Verstappen. Um, I, I, I think unless Verstappen really screwed up his races and, and the car wasn't on his side in terms of technicality, 
then Perez has a shout, but I can't see it happening. I think for Perez, him would be a good season if he gets top three, top four um, in that Red Bull. If he goes lower than that, in which Red Bull have got the results in them to compete in the podium places for most races, it might not look good for him. Um, let's not forget, he's only got a one-year contract. So I think with Perez, I mean, I remember when Perez started out at McLaren and there was this Sky Sports F1 interview with him and Jensen Button. And uh, it was Natalie Pinkham and Simon Lesenby playing pool with them uh, at a pub in Woking or something like that. Very fancy pub. Uh, and uh, Prez clearly couldn't play pool, so it was clearly a don't-quit-your-day-job kind of moment. And I remember when they asked Prez, you know, what, what's your ambitions joining a team that is clearly competitive, <laughs> they say. Um, and um, and Prez straight away said, I, I want to win the World Championship. And... Um, you know, that's the ambition you should have when you go to a big team, and I'm sure it hasn't changed this time. But I think with Prez, he seems more starstruck, doesn't he? I, I think he's quite... I don't think he quite believe how Red Bull have looked into him and have actually offered him a contract. I, I still think that's... I mean, it's great, but I just hope that doesn't become a thing on the track where he's got to just do his thing on the track and just remember that he's got to still get the results. And the... People always think that when they join a team or something, like, this is it, it's going to be great. No, <laughs> the work hasn't even started yet. Um, so I think for Perez, it's just to be that second support driver. I think Red Bull want Perez to be like the Bottas for them, hmm. where if as long as Verstappen gets the wins, they need Perez to be in the podium as well if they have any chance of winning the Constructors' Championship because... I still think Mercedes are the team to beat. I'm sure Mercedes have had testings over the last few years where it's been a bit hit and miss, but let's be honest, the race is normally the opposite of what we get in testing. Um, I remember two years ago, Ferrari had an all right testing. They did better than Mercedes, yet in Australia, the race pace wasn't even there. <laughs> so it's a big difference. People need to remember as well, we're testing. They're just testing out the car. They're trying out the lap times. They're trying everything with the car. It's not a race. Hmm such a different scenario yeah yeah i mean in terms of <laughs> in terms of sergio perez i mean i listened to his um podcast um with f1 obviously you can listen to that later but please stay with us for, for our one but <laughs> other podcasts are available yeah you can listen to that one later but you know <laughs> I, I agree he did sound he, he still feels like i can't believe i'm here uh, and i agree with with your point where i i don't want that to be uh, i don't know making it worse for him during the season that he still feels like you know he, he yeah. can't believe he's in that position but I'm looking forward to you're right in the sense that that's what Red Bull needed because I think with Alex Albon last year um, as much as they praised him and they tried to give him you know or they say they tried to give him everything to, to, to make him stay he, he wasn't in the, the positions that they needed when strategy came around you know it was either it was always Hamilton Verstappen Bottas so Mercedes always had them two drivers to jump Red Bull in, in the strategy so they need that second driver there and, and, and Sergio Perez can do that but I'm looking forward to the sense if we get to around mid of the season and them to a level on points <laughs> and the rivalry is quite tetchy because I think it might be with, with Perez being you know no offence to Albon or Gasly when he was there at that point but he's, he should be a higher calibre driver uh, in that seat I just think that, that, that there might be a strong rivalry between the two and uh, yeah who do Red Bull back if they're closely in the points 
they, 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 they had this, didn't they, with Ricardo and Verstappen. They, they said, let them race in Azerbaijan, and then that, that's what <laughs> happened. Mm. Um, and I think we learned from that that Verstappen was the number one priority, and it made sense. But that's why I think that's why Ricardo left. I, I, he said he wanted to change and all that. And then, you know, everyone goes through that. Um, mm. I, mean, I had a Zoom meeting at work today where someone wanted to change after being there for three years. So, I mean, that might have been his excuse, but for me, that was no you're not going to progress in this team while that Dutchman is in the other car. So um, that's how I see it. And I, 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 I mean, look, look, we'll see. I I think for Christian Horner, he's just got to hope that there's no collision between the two drivers. Otherwise, the management will be very heated. Yeah. Um, and look, I'll say this now for Perez. You've just been there for two minutes. Don't try and feel like you're number one. You know, just just go and do your thing. He's been. He was so consistent last year. He needs to do that again, but with Red Bull. This time, he's just got a car that will get him a bit further than what the the car he had last year. And look, his tire management is probably the best I've ever seen in F1. <laughs> I can't quite believe how sometimes I've seen this driver at 45 laps second with 45 seconds or 30 seconds ahead of his opponent thinking, <laughs> how the hell is he still going? His tyres don't even exist anymore. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, that's got to be remembered. Yeah, exactly. And, and and in terms of, you obviously mentioned Red Bull, but you, you, you said AlphaTauri as well. Uh, like we said, we know they're, they're more the sister team they're now dark horses. than the, the, the sort of younger version of, of Red Bull, aren't they? They're, they are the sister brand. They are obviously won a race last year with Pierre Gasly, getting stronger and stronger f- throughout the, the seasons as they progress now. Um, Pierre Gasly, again, impressed. He uh, Most laps he did out of everybody on the three days, 237. Uh, Yuki uh, Tassan, if I can get his, his uh, name right, uh, his surname, people always Thanks, say a little Bob. bit different. Yeah, a little bit different. Um, but he also impressed. He put in some quick actual um, qualifying lap times as it was. Alvitari looks strong, don't they? Well, he was second on day three. Yeah. Um, behind Verstappen. Yeah. And that said to me that you know this is this is this is interesting. Um, again, as I say, the race could be different, but. I wouldn't be surprised if AlphaTauri can get a couple of wins this year, um, mainly because of Gasly. I, I mean, this is why I mean this is why Prez has to be careful because if Gasly can pull it off again, surely Red Bull, even though they might have to swallow their pride over the decision of what they gave Gasly a couple of years ago, they've got to just swallow it and go, look, let's give this kid another chance. He's we 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 we, we demoted him, we made him feel like crap. And he's clearly picked that up and gone, right, I need to be better. Mm. Um, and he has done. He's already won a race. He got a podium the season before um, in Brazil and beat Hamilton to it on the last straight, which yeah. was quite... <laughs> it was incredible. That Honda power. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I'm i very impressed. That's why I, they're, they're my two teams to have watched out for from, from Bahrain. And, yeah, I... <sighs> AlphaTauri are just one of those. I think they're one of those that have punched above their weight. Hmm. Um, but it's a great sister team. It, 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 you know, it's an ex- it's a it's an execute order 66 moment where, <laughs> you know, the two AlphaTauris are first and second in the race. Then there's Perez and Verstappen behind them. Execute order 66. Uh, Perez and his <laughs> Japanese friend will crash, and then they'll make sure <laughs> that the other two go and get 
one and two, which uh, is of course a repeat of Singapore 2008. <laughs> uh, so yeah, great. <laughs> <laughs> That's my theory. <laughs> well, I'm I'm going to throw a theory out because I feel like we're, we're both doing it, so we might as well. Uh, Verstappen, Verstappen to go to Mercedes, and then Gasly and Perez at Red Bull going forward. Say that again. So we've got Verstappen that goes to Mercedes, and then we've got Gasly and Perez that stay at Red Bull. I'm for that. I'm for that, because I think... This does feel like Hamilton's last year, doesn't it? Yeah, I'm If he that. wins it. If yeah. he wins it. I think that's why he's he's clearly not made the decision, because he wants to see how this year goes, I feel. Yeah. And I think if he's going to have the same kind of car again, that's number one on the grid, he's going to be Bottas. He's... he's He's, excuse my language. Uh, can I swear or am I not allowed? Uh, I mean, if you want to. No, 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 I, I won't. <laughs> I always think if you say yes, then I will. He's phenomenal uh, in terms of the fact that he's got the car, but he, he's proving to why he's better than Bottas. He's someone that he will pick up the pace when it's when it matters. When anyone comes and gets near him, he's got this shield around him. Uh, I, I, the, the moments he had with Vettel on that, on that overtaking he had when Vettel was at Ferrari, it did make you realise, yeah, we know which one's better. Um, and people go on and say it's about the championships. Yes, but when you see them head-to-head, that's the, that's the key for me. And I still say this, Alonso is the only driver for me that I actually think can actually beat Hamilton if he had the same car. Of course, Alonso's been out for a year and he's in a Renault, well, Alpine this year. We'll see what happens. Um, so I, I, I think for Hamilton, again, he should win this World Championship because it's the same rules and regulations, so the car shouldn't have to be going through much drama, even what we've seen in testing hasn't gone to plan. So it does feel like it's his last year. I think it's his last season if he, le- if he wins mm. because he's done it. What's there left to achieve? He's going to finish on top the most successful driver in F1. He's already got the most wins, and then now, at the end of the season, he will have the most championships. Well, why, he's gonna, why go through another year? He's going to break more records, isn't he? Isn't it? Um, he's got like pole positions or um, podiums or something. That he, he's only got two more, I think, pole positions I think, to yeah. beat Michael Schumacher or something. So yeah. he's going to beat and, that record as well. But and, and I'm sure if he he'll win enough races, he'll be the first to ever get to 100 race wins. So. Yeah. It's all there for him to end this season if he wins the World Championship. Again, though, I mean, who knows? COVID might... I I do think COVID has become a big decision for some athletes in sport where they either look at it and think, no, actually, it's made me realise how much I love the sport. I want to do this for another five years if I can. But I think for some, it's kind of gone family-related. Or Here's another thing. Hamilton doesn't have family. As far as I'm aware, hmm. uh, we don't ever hear about him having a family. You know, he doesn't have a kid. He's got a dog, but he hasn't got, you know, he hasn't got a wife or anything like that. And I do honestly think he's quite old now. He's in his thirties. You know, it, um, f- for someone like him, you look at Vettel, you look at Raikkonen. They've got family, and I always look at people like them too, where I think, yes, their profession is F1 racing. Yes, it's a great job and easily, easily good, good paycheck at the end of each week. But I look at them and think. Is it funny how happy they are? Hmm. In a way, I you know, if it doesn't go so well for them on the track, they've got their family, and that's all that matters. And I look at Hamilton, and I think, he you know, if it. he wants, he needs it. I think, and I honestly think, after this season, if he can win it one more time, I, I take a year out. He's been non-stop for since he's been in since he's been in karting. 
I, I might be wrong though. I might under I might be underestimating him right now, but I I just feel that this could be his last year, and I completely agree with you. Gasly at Red Bull, Verstappen at Mercedes. Mm. It's it's perfect. Yeah, I think it, it makes it, sense. I think it would bring a good rivalry um, back to back to the sport. I think you're right. If if Lewis Hamilton wins, and, and uh, as much as I love Bottas, and and he does look a bit different this year. He looks relaxed. He said in his um, Mercedes car reveal that he's going to be a bit more of a selfish driver this year, uh, a bit more like somebody said Nico Rosberg, but he said, well, you know, me and Nico, <laughs> me and Nico are like two different, um, you know, p- personalities in that sense. But he is going to be a bit more selfish this year. So hopefully we see that. But I, you know, I ultimately agree. I think if Lewis Hamilton wins this season, which we all expect Mercedes still to be the top dogs, and we expect Lewis Hamilton to to still win the championship in the contract they signed a year for the driving side but they were looking to other options in terms of staying in the Mercedes family and programme and doing other things like the diversity programmes that they've set up at Mercedes so it could be the sense that he does this year wins the world title becomes the best in terms of all time facts you know um, history books and then goes and does um, more for the Mercedes diversity programs and, and uh, you know more outside of the actual racing for the sport so I think that's that's definitely the, the option and I think you know we all know as much as Mercedes had issues they're still going to be the top dogs really aren't they yeah I, I, and you know Mercedes are in my eyes the best team we've ever seen in F1 mm. um, and I think I, it did surprise me that Toto Wolff has decided to carry on um did you think he would take uh, Donald Button did you think he would take that role like Stefano De Milicali did because he was interviewed and he he, he got he oh, discussed he? the role he did discuss the role um, I, I don't think it went any further than just like the talks like an interview but they had talks you know with, with Chase Carey and that about it but he didn't go any further than that did you think like they've been so dominant and with the regulations he might go somewhere like that and, and become like Ross Braun head of the sport because you know his, his management style is, has been key for Mercedes really isn't it Toto Wolff's a great example of management um I, 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 I'm waiting for his book to come out because I'd mm. love to get his tips. But um, <laughs> he's... It, it's it's interesting. You know what? He would have deserved it. And that, this is why Christian Horn has been always tipped to be like the next Bernie Eccleston in F1. Because they know how to succeed. They know the sport. They they started from the bottom, these people. They they, they invested their time in it. They, 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 they know what it's like to be a racer as well. That's a big. That's a big factor. That's why I loved Ben Edwards as an F1 commentator because he knows exactly what he's talking about. He was a racer himself, uh, which is really sad because he's not doing it this year. <laughs> but, uh, um, but, but I think with Toto Wolff, I'm just surprised that he's doing it for a few more years. From what I, from what I've seen, I mean, Toto Wolff is like Kronkowski and uh, Tom Brady at the Buccaneers. Brady will not do it if Kronkowski's there, and I feel like Hamilton might do another year after this because Toto Wolff was there mm. it's just worked it, it worked from day one yes you had Ross Bourne for 12 months in 2013 when Hamilton had just joined but I think Ross Bourne helped him get there because it's Ross Bourne who doesn't want to drive for for, for Ross Bourne when he Nicky gives Lauder, you that Nicky Lauda was there wasn't he as well, oh, who played a pivotal role exactly and Nicky Lauda he, I don't think he went to sleep if he didn't win a race. That's that's how good Nicky Lauda was mentally. So I, I I just look at the whole thing and got stuff going on with Aston Martin as well. So if, I'm just a bit surprised. I'm still surprised because I honestly thought with Toto Wolff's contract nearly up, I thought, you know, he's done his bit. It, it, it is that motive of what, 
what's there left to achieve for? Where, you can, of course, create a new standard, set a new benchmark, but sometimes you want to just set that benchmark for someone else to beat you. I, I don't know. Um, yeah. You know, you look at Usain Bolt in his sport. You look at Boris Becker being the youngest to ever win Wimbledon. You know, they're there for a reason. And I think deep down, these people like for it to be beaten. Yeah, I mean, maybe it's the case where he's he's now thinking, well, because we've won so much, maybe if we win in the last year of the regulations and I'm there, maybe then see out the first couple in this new reg and then bring somebody in once we're more up to speed with the new regulations. I mean, I don't know. I don't yeah. know what Total Wolf's thoughts are, but I, I, you know, I agree with, I think, Hamilton and Wolf are, are like a perfect partnership. I think it's it's the fact that the spending cap's a lot less less, and Toto Wolff actually put in Drive to Survive last series. He wasn't happy about it. Um, well, you, you wouldn't be when you're winning. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I I get what he's saying, but sadly, as a neutral, I have to disagree because that should be the challenge. You should all have the same, and that you can all afford that. Yeah. Not. Not 500 million is your spending cap, and then teams like Williams can go. I've only got 45 million, so I'm clearly going to have the slowest car on the track. Um, Gene Haas um, completely disagreed with it. I don't blame him. You know, a lot of people can look at it and say, "Well, if Gene Haas was on top, he'd disagree." Yeah, of course, of course he would. But you've got to be realistic. This is how it works. You know, make a spend cap where they can all reach that. That's how it's going to make it more interesting. Yeah. Of course, it's easier said than done. But I think for someone like Toto Wolff, if he is the great man he is as a team principal, then he should just accept it and get on with it. And this is why I'm surprised he stayed, because I honestly thought the fact that they agreed with all that, he would just go, look, I'll agree with it, but I won't be there. <laughs> so that's Bye. why I'm surprised. Yeah. But, yeah, look, he's... I'm sure Toto Wolff will always have... He'll always get a job in motorsport if he ever wants it. So, you know, names, you just need to mention his name and he'll get an interview, simple as that. Yeah, yeah, uh, I think, and, and like I said, we've already mentioned it, but we think Mercedes are still going to be the, the, the top team to beat, really. I'll be surprised if they don't win it, I'll say that. But um, it, Bottas has got to go for it this year. He's got to see those gaps and... and because my fear is for him is when we saw George Russell beat him um, and that just said to me sadly Valtteri you're good but you're just not quite good enough mm. well yeah we talked about Verstappen maybe going there Russell's hot on the heels for that seat as well isn't he I think it would be I mean this is the thing I mean could this actually be a season where uh, could this actually be Bottas's last season at Mercedes as well could it actually be that George Russell joins Verstappen mm. Yeah, we could see That's a not a bad team, around. is it? You, you, not a bad team. And let's be honest, it's not going to cost Mercedes much to get uh, George Russell on board. He's pretty much on board as long as they give him the contract. So Yeah. yeah. Well, interestingly, isn't Nico Hulkenberg Mercedes' reserve driver this season? Is he actually? I didn't know that. I think it's been rumoured. Stoffel Van Dorn's obviously still in there, but they they didn't bother with him last season, did they? They brought <laughs> Russell in. So I love it how Van Dorn put out an Instagram story the moment when they announced that um, Hamilton had COVID and he put out an Instagram story saying, um, oh, I'm off to uh, Bahrain, uh, <laughs> wink face. And then everyone was like, obviously thinking, oh, he's going to be the reserve driver. And I said that to you, I think. I think I said, surely it's Van Dorn. 
and then he didn't get it. <laughs> <laughs> and I just laughed because I thought, surely after that you have to leave because what's the point? <laughs> yeah, what what is the point? But yeah, Russell Verstappen could be an interesting lineup. Who knows? I mean, there's so many drivers that are looking to be um, out of contract. But if we just go quickly, we go back to the um, sort of costing as well. Um, time in the wind tunnel has been affected as well in terms of where you are in the order this year so you look at Ferrari had an absolute shocker of a season last year but they've had more time in the wind tunnel and more time to do a work on their aero than Mercedes and Red Bull have had so actually having a stinker of a season last season has helped them to improve for this year and then ultimately for, for 2022 because it's doubtful that they're going to be as up to the order as they uh, were a couple of seasons ago this year so if they finish in around 5th and 6th maybe 4th um, for this year they've got, still got more time in the wind tunnel so going into 2022 Ferrari could be up there as the best team It's one of those things where you, you're coming to the end of an era and if you're not up to standard already what's the point in proving it? I I I think that's what's that's what's happening to Ferrari. Ferrari already came out at the start of last year to say that they weren't going to be competitive for a few years, maybe. <laughs> um, and I just thought, you know what? It's probably best you put that statement out because at least it then lowers the expectations mm. from your fans, and it might just get a few of them to just not throw tweets at your Twitter account. So, uh, yeah, I I I think if you spend more time on stuff like that, it'll it'll definitely help them out I, I mean I hope they do because I, I just want to see three teams at least going for the for the world championship week in week out but yeah. sadly we've I, I've always said this there's too many races because it's such a long season if it was a lot less races it might make it more competitive but even we had that last year and it didn't really matter <laughs> at the end no, we were hoping short races and then it didn't happen at all like you say so no. who knows but um, I'm just going to quickly go because we've just mentioned Ferrari and obviously we've talked about Alfa Tauri um, the midfield battle I think is going to be more interesting than what we've had in the last couple of seasons Alfa Tauri we've already mentioned look good in testing um, and they've got two good drivers for this year Ferrari a newer driver lineup, Carlos Sainz has come in and he looks like he's hit the ground running at a team that we don't know where they're going to be really in terms of Ferrari this season Fernando Alonso is back at Alpine and looks up to speed and he looks happy in the car already we know that can change with Fernando Alonso <laughs> giving it a couple of races if he's not happy he'll kick off um, Aston Martin didn't have the best start and the testing wasn't great for them uh, the car still looks the best car on the grid so every time I look at it I smile because it, it, it does look it does look incredible but uh, and then obviously McLaren you know, Daniel Ricciardo in that seat this year Lando Norris alongside him Mercedes engine they look good as well what are you thinking in terms of this midfield battle who's going to be the best of that teams I think McLaren um, I, I, I just I think sadly my heart is going towards Aston Martin <laughs> um, because they've still got the same people yep. that I mean what have we learned from Racing Point Force India over the last six, seven years? We, we've learned that even with whatever they get given, they can make the most out of that equipment. And I just feel if they've got the same management and the same group behind all that, why can't they do it again? But with real investment and sponsors in that you mentioned recently, Jack, on your channel, is the fact that they could even improve from that. Mm. Um mm. I, I think they could go for third or fourth. I really do. I think it's between them and McLaren. Yeah. Um, Alpine, it's one of those. I, I have to see the season, like first couple of races, and see what we're what we're dealing with with race pace. But 
I just think for now, if we're going to preview the season, my, my safety net for me is to say that McLeod and, and Aston Martin are the two teams going for the outside chances. Uh, maybe a few podiums as well. I mean, Racing Point showed it last season. So They've got McLaren. to look. So, so did McLaren. Um, but McLaren have they, they get they're going in the right places. They're building they're building the right the right things, and they're making a slow progress. But it's realistic. Mm. Um, it feels like a long time ago since that race win in Brazil in 2012. Well, it is. It's nearly <laughs> come next year. It's 10 years. So yeah. it, has, it has been a long time in terms of F1. Um, but this is what I always say about management. You, you can't just expect it to happen overnight. And you've got to lower your standard to improve and put yourself over that and then actually get the hopes going for the people in the team. Be realistic. Lower the standard get over that and then set a new one and get over that yeah simple as that yeah and i think that's what zach brown and the people at mclaren have done really well i mean ron dennis always used to set the bar so high didn't he and, and zach came uh, zach which came is good in. in the 80s <laughs> yeah when you've got that you know the, the mclaren honda at that time and, and the mclaren mercedes with hacken and colfard and that they were like the pinnacles they were the top weren't they um oh yeah i think zach brown came in and just went we're setting the bar way too high in terms yeah. of where we are. And he said, look, let's just progress year on year. Like you said, the driver lineups have developed over the year. As much as I love Jensen Button, I think, you know, with him wanting to start a family and that, you know, they look to drivers that are a bit more hungrier to, to progress the teams. So they brought him in. Fernando, obviously, like you said, departed. Um, and, and I think it's just a scale. Science and Norris have done, you know, superbly well in these last couple of seasons. Daniel Ricciardo's come in, a race winner. Uh, and I think if Mercedes and Red Bull have have issues or they collide or something during the season like th that team can win races this year and, and same thing with with um, Aston Martin S just seeing Sebastian Vettel smiling we haven't seen Sebastian Vettel smile properly in 18 months he looks yeah he looks really relaxed um, I think he again it's another standard there's no expectancy I don't think from him anymore not in a bad way it's mm. kind of a you've left Ferrari now which is the biggest team in F1 so, of course, your stand is going to be seen a bit differently and there's a new Vettel. Yeah. But sometimes making a change is the best thing you'll ever do. Um, uh, and I think that's what Vettel's done. He's made the right decision for me. He couldn't do another year in, in Ferrari. But, yeah, I don't think the Ferrari fans or the team would have liked to have had him for another year because they've got to focus on Charles Leclerc. So, mm. look, I've said this now about Danny Pedrosa, who was in, um, who was in MotoGP. He was once a world champion, and then he became more of a secondary rider, and he kept. But he stayed at Repsol Honda, and he didn't have that aggressive type where he was happy to just support the team. Mm. I think with Vettel, it's been kind of that, but I think with him, he's looking at a new adventure to probably make him still love the sport because. I, I remember I speaking to my dad about it. it. Felt like he wanted to be with his family more than be on the track. So, maybe something had to change, and and I think he's done the right thing there. Yeah. Um, in terms of McLaren, I completely agree with what you're saying about Zach Brown because I think Zach Brown, I look at it, I look at him and think of him as a as a leader. I, I think I think if I was working under Zach Brown, I'd think I'd actually want to achieve work harder for him. He seems to have that motive, unless there's stories we don't hear about in the garage, but. I think Zach Brown's a great ambassador for, for McLaren Racing at the moment. Yeah, I, all you got to do, and I, I, I listen back sometimes, and it's, it's hilarious. If you go to Abu Dhabi last year when they crossed the line and they finished third in the constructors, when you're listening to the engineers uh, talking to Carlo and Lando, uh, Carlos and Lando, all you can hear is, is Zach Brown in the background going, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can hear him like uh, uh, truly 
celebrating because they've achieved like third in the constructors for McLaren, who for the last few years have just been trundling around in like fifth, sixth in the championship, was huge. You know that that yeah. financial investment for for this year and more importantly, getting that financial investment for 2022 it was huge. Um, yeah. So I think it's it's only going to go well going forward. Having that bubbling relationship between um, Ricardo and, and Norris is only going to help, I think, for like marketing's going to go wild with them too, really. Let's be honest. The, <laughs> the marketing team are going to love that. But yeah, I, I agree with you. I think McLaren third, um, Aston Martin fourth. I think that could be the closest one. Uh, and then Alpine and Ferrari. I'm still not sure on Ferrari. Uh, and, and, and Matteo Binotto have said they've made improvements with the power unit, but they don't know to, to, to what extent. So I think Alpine and Ferrari will be probably battling in the, each other more. But I think Aston Martin and, and McLaren could be a, an interesting uh, fight for that third place in the in the constructors. Uh, but yeah, just quickly going on to, on to some points. Like I said, Pierre Gasly was the driver with the most laps. Kimi did so. Gasly did two three seven. Uh, Kimi Raikkonen did two two nine. For somebody that only thinks this is a hobby now, that he's putting in a few laps over testing, isn't he? <laughs> That's what I love about Kimi. He. You don't think he cares, but he really does. Yeah. He's a racer, isn't he? In terms of Mercedes, they were the only managed 304 laps altogether for the three days. And when you consider Gasly did 237 on his own, it just shows how much less running Mercedes had than, than others. Um, Vettel was the bottom of the driver um, chart in terms of lap counts. He only managed 117 laps. Uh, but overall, in the three-day test, uh, there was 3,725 laps. So although you know, lap count, uh, how many laps? counts doesn't really matter or, or testing times don't really matter I think it's it, you know for going into the first race of the season that's the only data that they've got for these new cars so it's you know it's important to sort of hit the ground running uh, and like you said mentioned previously at the start of the podcast I think it's important that it is the first track of the season as well because although it might be different times in the, in the day that the, the, the heat might be different it's still the same track at the end of the day isn't it so well this is it I mean like we're, we're seeing testing for once where you're absolutely right we're seeing similarities that we could see in the first race um, yeah. and that's why I quite like it because it gets you it might give you more of a sneak peek than what we've had over the last few years so you know I, I, we'll, we'll see what happens but for me this feels like a Red Bull circuit yeah yeah. We'll see. We'll yeah. see. We'll see. It was Racing Point circuit at one point. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're, we're, I think different Pe track, but yeah, Perez will be hoping they do the the longer circuit, won't they? It, oh, <laughs> can, can you imagine if Perez just wins the first race in Bahrain? He'll just be like, "Can we stay here all season?" <laughs> Four races in a row at Bahrain. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in terms of, I actually have to mention actually quickly, it's just popped into my head that um, last year, I think in FP1 in the Bahrain Grand Prix, the highest time was around a 129 something. And I'm pretty sure, even though the, the regulations for this year was to make the cars less fast and, and, and like less off, off aerodynamic, um, Max Verstappen actually had to put in a quicker time in testing. I, I don't know how that works. All we've got to say is, is credit to the engineers to find that, that gap in the, that the gap. regulations to make the cars even quicker, even though that, that we weren't, that's what we were thought going to happen. So in terms of the first race, then, let's just go into it, because obviously we're, we're like 44 minutes now. This might be a two-parter with, with how much we've discussed already. But <laughs> in terms of the first race, then, we'll obviously look at the season in a minute, but in terms of the first race, then, who, who do you think going into it, uh, in terms of qualifying and race, then, are we going for Red Bull at this circuit? 
Go on. Yeah. Shall I we? I, I'm, I'm going to say it just because I want to see a non-Mercedes win in the first race, just to make it interesting. Um, let's not forget, in 2018, Ferrari won the first two races mm -hmm. in Australia and Bahrain. So, you know, it made it very exciting, at least for the first half of the season. So let's see if it can happen this year with Red Bull. So I'm going to go and, re and say Red Bull. I, I, I'm only saying that because of testing. And mm -hmm. I think it's I think it's fair because it's on the same circuit. So, and the conditions are going to be pretty much similar because it's only a two-week gap. So, yeah, I, I I'm going to go with Red Bull, and I think for the neutrals, this is exactly the start they want. I'd expect Verstappen to be ahead, but Perez has had podiums in Bahrain. He's won a race there. Why can't he win it? Let's let's see what happens. I'm pretty sure already. I'm not 100%, but I'm pretty sure in the last video I did, and I'm going to have to stick with it now, is that I said Sergio Perez to win the first race this season. Well, I'll take that because so. I've got my I've got my Mexico shirt mm -hmm. on, so I'll 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 wear this for the next two weeks yeah. to bring me good luck. I won't wash it. Non-stop. Non-stop. Yeah. <laughs> I've got others, but I, I'll, I'll wear this one. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I'm hoping that, that, that Red Bull, and like I said, Sergio Perez maybe winning the first race could make it unpredictable. The, the other three drivers might think, oh, God, we have got a race on this season. I yeah. put, can can we have four drivers challenging for the title this season? If, no, if no. You don't think so? Too long. season's too long. Do you think Mercedes just, just because pull, of that? Yeah, Mercedes will pull away at some point during they're, the season. They're too experienced. They know what they're dealing with. I think you're 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 talking about a team that will always have someone at the top, but you might have the second driver, <coughs> Bottas, <laughs> who will be second, third in the championship. But that's it. Yeah. This is why I'm looking forward to next year, and, and I'll be happy with this year to finish because there's going to be changes next year let's let's hope so i mean let's yeah. hope so so it, it, all right then let's let's just say this then first race of the season for you who wins it i've already said perez what's your thoughts uh go on perez i'll, I'll say perez <laughs> i'm not my heart says perez but my brain is going to say hamilton <sighs> <laughs> I know. I know. I know. <laughs> we, we respect you, Lewis, but we just we just want to see something different. To be honest, we yeah. really do. It's um, a bit boring. So so then let's go to to season predictions. Then we'll, we'll come back to this from probably the last race of the season or the last podcast of the season. We'll listen back to the the preview we did at the start of the year. Who who's winning the world championship for you? Who's winning the constructors? Uh, Hamilton and Mercedes. It's it's a safe bet. <laughs> it's a safe bet. I mean, again, I'd love to be challenged on that from the other teams this season. To um, if they hear the podcast, Jamie, you're wrong. We're going to do it instead. Then do it on the track. But yeah. it, it, look, if this was next year, I wouldn't even know where to start because we're into a new territory. But I I can't see the big differences. As I've said, the season's even longer than last year. Well, last year was short, but the year before that, it was long. Mercedes have proven that they can do it all season long and I don't think any other team have that energy and standard hmm. yeah unless Red Bulls improve their reliability normally Mercedes are bulletproof aren't they in terms of their yeah. reliability over the year uh, and I agree unless unless uh, we see like Valtteri Bottas accidentally breaking down in Monaco to screw up um, Hamilton's last lap in qualifying uh, <laughs> like we've seen Michael and Nico do in the past then I still Michael feel Michael Schumacher what a, what a race that was well, 
well I'll Nico did it. it Nico did it Nico said he broke down didn't he in Monaco yeah. um, so, <laughs> it was so obvious unless, it was unless, so obvious unless we see Valtteri do something like that this season to, to really like get into Lewis Hamilton's head then I, I agree as much as I want to see Bottas battle Hamilton and, and you know we, I think we're right in saying it, it could be Valtteri's last year uh, with the new regulations coming in they might go for a, a change of direction but uh, we can't we can't not go for Lewis Hamilton to win his eighth world title this season uh, and Mercedes to continue to, to be dominant as well but if Red Bull if anybody at Red Bull is listening we also want to see you we want to see you really be up there this season but yeah that's that's our predictions for Bahrain in the first race of the season and then of course for, for the season in general um, let us know your thoughts do you think it will be Lewis Hamilton or Mercedes um, to win the drivers and constructors uh, go Jamie, on Williams come on Williams I mean <laughs> look we haven't spoken about that but I'll just quickly mention that they're not going to be back of the grid this year I think Haas are definitely going to be at the bottom <laughs> so I mean it, it could be worse for Williams but oh Genie yeah Gene's <laughs> not going to have a great year Gunter's going to be swearing a lot I'm, I, I already bet. oh that's perfect for season 4 exactly exactly <laughs> we can't complain if they get the back of the grid at least we get to see Gun- Gunter upset um, but yeah thank you very much for, for your time on the first episode Jamie um, and always and I'm looking forward to, to speaking with you throughout the year as maybe we see Red Bull getting a bit better we can talk and be uplifted maybe our predictions might change <laughs> I, I, I doubt it uh, but yeah everybody that, that's listening if you're listening um, via the, the audios of, of either the Apple podcast or if you're listening on YouTube as well let us know in the comments what are your thoughts in the predictions for, for this season do you who do you think is going to be the, the drivers championship winner and, and the constructors as well uh, don't forget to subscribe on, on the YouTube channel as well um, and uh, yeah thank you very much for for listening and uh, we will see you all in the next one